If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Today we see a fateful conversation between God and Abram, involving offspring, land, and the future of Abram's descendants. On The Bible Brief. Did you know that The Bible Brief is a listener-supported show? Consider becoming a monthly supporter at our link in the show notes. Abram is looking for a reward. A reward that was promised before he ever went to battle against the four kings. A reward promised before he ever met the great priest king Melchizedek. A reward for which he left everything he knew to come to this land where he was living as a foreigner. Abram is looking for a reward that only God can give. To promises fulfilled by God's power alone. He's looking to be made into a nation of his own descendants his own seed, in the promised land of Canaan, culminating in one of his seed blessing all the nations of the world. Abram is looking, but he can't see. He can't see how this promise can come to pass. He can't see how God can accomplish what he has said. The only thing he can see in front of him is a blank space where a sun should be, a blank space that must be filled for any of the great promises to come to pass. Abram wants, no, needs a son, a promised son through whom all these promises could begin to bud. And after his meeting with Melchizedek and the king of Sodom, we see an intimate conversation between Abram and God himself. Listen to this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Notice that God says to Abram that his reward will be great. And immediately Abram appeals to his lack of children. In some ways, Abram appears to be saying to God, What gives? I came to Canaan, I still don't possess the land, and I still don't have any children. It's looking like even my estate will pass to one of my servants instead of my own son. What's going on, God? And then God responds with another affirmation of his promises to Abram. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man, your servant, shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your offspring be. God asks Abram to look into the sky and count the stars. Previously, he told Abram to count the dust of the earth. And in both cases, 
God was communicating just how many descendants that Abram would have. The message to Abram was clear. Just as you can't count the dust or the stars, so also your descendants will be countless. And then comes a sentence that reverberates through the rest of the Bible. A sentence so impactful that to miss it is to miss the Bible and to miss the hope of mankind. Don't miss Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. I'm going to read it again. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. God here expresses something toward Abram that can't be overemphasized. God counts Abram's continued faith, faith that's been expressed ever since he left his home for the land of Canaan. God counts his faith as righteousness. Abram's faith in God, in a sense, is exchanged for something that is solely God's. God, being perfect and just, always doing the right thing and always good, God in some way counts this righteous quality to Abram in exchange for his faith. Abram's trust in God gives him something that he could never gain himself. God accounts his own righteousness to Abram, while Abram simply believes in God and in his faithfulness to his promises. This is critical and consequential for the rest of the Bible story, because in no case do we see God counting someone as righteous for merely righteous acts or for merely good deeds. It's only by faith that one can be righteous before God. All those other good deeds are mixed with the other bad deeds and bad thoughts that come from within a person. God's perfect righteousness, however, is given as a gift to those with faith in God and trust in His faithfulness to keep His promises. Faith is the key to righteousness. Now, after this assurance of offspring— we also see God assure Abram of his future possession of the land of Canaan. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But Abram said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? What you might expect here is for God to give Abram some sort of verbal assurance. But instead, God does something else. He commands Abram to bring some animals. Let's listen. God said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And Abram brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Here, Abram appears to know what's going on, because instead of just bringing the animals to God, he actually slaughters three of them and lays the halves of each animal across from each other. And while this may sound brutal to our modern ears, it was actually a somewhat common practice at the time when a formal bond was about to be made. Let's keep reading. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, Dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain 
that your offspring will be sojourners in the land that is not theirs and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So Abram goes to sleep as the sun is going down, and God speaks to him in the midst of a dreadful darkness. God tells Abram of his descendants, who will be away from the land of Canaan for four hundred years, as they're subjected to servanthood in a foreign land. But after that time has elapsed, they will come back to the land, once the sin of the people currently in the land is full to the brim. In this deep darkness, God is describing something of the future to Abram, before doing something else monumental, involving the animal carcasses that have been laid on the ground. Soon, the formal bond is made. When the sun had gone down, and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the animal pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. In the middle of the night, as Abram is in this dreadful state of darkness, God formally makes this most consequential covenant with Abram. As if God understands that darkness itself requires the light of a promise to keep moving through it. Abram couldn't see how the promises could be fulfilled without a child. And yet God provides more assurance through this covenant. God is dramatically affirming his promises to Abram through this irrevocable covenant dependent only upon God for its fulfillment. God is establishing a formal bond between him and Abram, where God obligates himself to fulfill his promises. He takes the promises and underlines them, bolds them, and italicizes them. He's saying, Abram, this will happen. And to underline this fact, God, by himself, performs the ancient covenant ceremony. He formalizes this covenant bond by symbolically passing through the halves of the animal carcasses that Abram had prepared. This was as if to say, what happened to these animals should happen to me if I do not uphold this covenant. God was demonstrating the absolute irrevocable certainty of these promises. And this covenant that God made is commonly called the Abrahamic covenant. Perhaps the most important covenant to understand the remainder of the Bible story. The covenant summarized with three words, land, seed, and blessing. The land of Canaan, seed in abundance, and blessing to the world through a particular seed of Abram. An amazing promise now formalized in the Abrahamic covenant. A promise that God will accomplish through still childless Abram. Join us next time as we see Abram cause conflict himself when he sleeps with a woman who isn't Sarai, his wife. War, in a different sense, 
is coming back to the land of Canaan. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.